Brands on Brands. Hey, this is Mikhail Alexis, the Millennial LinkedIn Master. And if you want to shine on LinkedIn, you should be listening to Brands on Brands on Brands with my good friend, Brandon Berkmeyer. In a world where advertising is ignored, business is exposed, and the only constant is change. How do you build a brand that matters? Welcome to Brands on Brands on Brands, a home for those who think different and push their boundaries. This is where branding that matters lives. Now, here's your host, Brandon Berkmeyer. Hey, 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 what's up, everyone? Welcome to Brands on Brands on Brands. I'm Brandon Brookmeyer, your personal marketing coach, and I believe that building a brand that matters is the only way for a business to thrive tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in each week as we bring you thought leaders in marketing to help you with your business, to help you build brands that matter. Today is no exception. We have an amazing speaker for you today. She is talking all things LinkedIn with us, how to customize your profiles, how to stand out from the crowd, how to create content on LinkedIn, and how to generate sales. So all the things you need to sit there. If you are someone who's either an entrepreneur who's looking to drive business, or you're someone who's in corporate who's looking to stand out and get better jobs, or who's looking to pivot and start that entrepreneurial journey themselves, All of that we cover today on the show. Who is Michaela Alexis? She is a millennial LinkedIn trainer, uh, a keynote speaker and author, and she helps businesses and audiences, as she would say, shine on LinkedIn. Calls herself the espresso-fueled LinkedIn creator, which I love, uh, and it comes through. I love it is that she shares a lot of her personality and everything she does, and today's show is no different. Uh, A little bit of background on how she got into LinkedIn. She had her first viral article uh, hit on LinkedIn back in 2016, and she's been creating content like that ever since. She's gone from a few hundred to over 150,000 followers on LinkedIn, garnering multiple millions of views, comments, and general love along the way. And now she's living her career fantasy. She's traveling the world, teaching others with great passion how to use the LinkedIn platform to achieve amazing results. And some of the things she goes out and speaks about on stages, uh, one is building a mega personal brand on LinkedIn on a mini budget. Another is how to turn your LinkedIn page into a lead generating machine and how to network like a pro on LinkedIn. So we have all that and more on the show, plus a couple of cool little shout outs of things she's teaching and where you can find some amazing content from her. So tune in today. I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I did real down-to-earth conversation about things I think can help a lot of people right now today. So appreciate you guys. Keep on listening. Check it out. Brands on Brands. All right, let's get going. Welcome everyone to the show today. I'm excited for our guest. She's a LinkedIn coach and specialist and teacher. And I actually got to watch her speak at Social Media Marketing World on this topic. And I said, I had to get this girl on the show. Who am I talking about? This is Michaela Alexis. First and foremost, Michaela, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Me too. I mean, LinkedIn is something that I I love diving into. I like finding people that, you know, talk about all the different platforms, but I feel like LinkedIn gets neglected in terms of the focus. People don't like spend as much, like it's not as fancy, right? It's been around for a long time, but I think the opportunity there has really changed the past few couple of years at least. And I'm seeing a lot more excitement about it, especially with the advent of LinkedIn Live. 
So let's talk about that right now because it's to sure. me, one of the hottest topics in marketing other than TikTok. Like let's put that on the shelf for a minute. Uh, let's start there. How are you using LinkedIn these days uh, and where can people find you? Okay. Well, how am I using LinkedIn these days? So I, I kind of have like a weird strategy. I shouldn't say weird because I think it works incredibly well. So something that's interesting about me is the fact that I have a personal brand, but I also run LinkedIn training services. And so that was kind of an issue for me as I started working solo because I'm like, okay, well, hang on a second. I've had LinkedIn since like 2011. And so that includes, my audience includes like my first boss, my first coworkers, my mom's friends, right? I've got everybody on there. And so I started to notice over time, especially as I started working solo, that every time I posted, people were following me for all different reasons. But for the most part, they were kind of split into two. So there's one group that was following me because they wanted that inspirational, motivational content that I was putting out, or they were interested in like milestones. They wanted to see where I was at, what I was up to. And then I had another group or another segment of my audience that was following me because they wanted to more about learn more about how to leverage LinkedIn. And so every time I posted, I was alienating part of that group. And so for me, the solution really became, okay, well, what if I gave people a specific place where they could follow or be part of where I could share that LinkedIn training content? And so that was where I housed my LinkedIn training content was on a a LinkedIn page, a company page. And so then I started to use my personal brand as kind of the handshake. I like to think of LinkedIn as like the world's largest networking event. I mean, almost 700 million users. I don't know if you saw that, but the stats are just ridiculous, especially right now. And so I imagine myself going into that networking event and I'm just shaking hands and I'm sharing who I am, what's important to me, what I'm consuming, what I'm all about, all of those things. And then hopefully if people like and trust me, they're going to visit my profile. They're going to follow my page and that's where they can see my products and services. So that's how I've been using it. My strategy from the very beginning has always just been storytelling, just sharing what I'm up to, what's important to me, what I value most, whether that's in photo and text post. I love video. I've been loving live video. I've been running this series called Love and Coffee Live, where I'm bringing on these motivational, inspirational guests to share buzzworthy conversations. So that's been really fun. And then, of course, like I mentioned, my LinkedIn pages where I house all of my products and service content. Yeah, I, th- I mean, there's a lot going on there, but it's funny. Is <laughs> yeah. I feel like I feel like they're not not in general, but like for you specifically, because I feel like the majority of people aren't using LinkedIn like you are using LinkedIn. No, and no. not just because you're a trainer in it, but because as a creator in this space, like that's mm-hmm. even weird to say. Like I'm a LinkedIn creator. And, you know, I don't think people think of it like that, that this is a place you go to consume content. Have you seen that changing? Like, when did that change for you? Yeah, well, the thing about LinkedIn that's unique is that it didn't start off like a Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat or Instagram, all these places where the idea was that you create content and that's how you connect with people. In fact, if you watch earlier interviews with Reid Hoffman or any of the founders of LinkedIn, they really kind of expected it to be a a digital Rolodex. It's a place where instead of having a million business cards, you kind of put them into one place where you can reach out to people really efficiently. And that's why you see things like on profiles, you see like connections and it's like 500 plus because they assume that people maybe have 500 people within their networks, right? And over time, obviously, people have decided what they're going to use the platform for. And a big part of that was 
to connect with people and share stories about experiences. And so I was one of the first creators on the LinkedIn platform. I started creating content in 2016. And it was tough back then because it was still a very stale conservative platform. So people didn't like that I used photos and videos and stories. They kind of were, you know, it's not Facebook, it's not Instagram, all these things. But for me, I felt like there was such a gap in the market of, okay, we're not just spending nine to five at our jobs anymore. This is like a huge part of our identity. This is a huge part of our lives. And, you know, if I'm going through these things, other people are probably going through them too. And so I started sharing some of the conversations that people I knew they were having, but they weren't having them on LinkedIn. Fear of rejection, failure, being laid off, the stigma of looking for a job, all of those things. And kind of grew my network from there. I don't even know where I was going with that train of thought, but I was using it much differently than other people might. And over time, once LinkedIn was acquired by Microsoft, that's where I was going with that. When they were acquired by Microsoft, the culture really started to shift from this idea of being a digital Rolodex to almost being like an online university or like an online work global workplace, right? Where people were starting to feel more comfortable with, you know, jumping into video and sharing a little bit more personality on the platform. And so one of the first things that I tell people, if you have not been on LinkedIn in years, which is quite a few people, because they're like, yeah, I opened an account back in like, probably around the same time, 2011, and then kind of walked away from it, jump on the platform and see what's happening because you're going to see a whole bunch of creative content that you probably wouldn't expect from LinkedIn. And for me, I mean, you're right. It's not the sexiest platform. I like to think of it as like the cardigan of social media, but it, it is what you make it. And, and from the very beginning, people told me, Michaela, people don't read anymore. That's the first thing that I, I heard. Okay, well, I created all sorts of viral articles on the platform and people were consuming content. It's just that they weren't consuming boring content, right? People wanted something different. And so it's the same thing with video now. And so it really is a space where you can be creative. I like to think of myself almost like um, the example that I give people is like a, a, a career vlogger or blogger. So rather than being like a YouTuber where they talk about everyday life, I talk about everyday life in terms of the business world. Does that make sense? It does. I mean, it seems like they, they as a platform, they they suddenly shifted, not suddenly, but when the Microsoft thing happened, like yeah. the, or the people Big that time. were out there using it more often, they're like, let's start rewarding creators and putting these messages in front of more people. Right. That's what I tell everyone. Like there's, if you want to know like where organically you can grow an audience, you need to figure out where there's more people watching than creating. And that's everywhere. Yeah. But like when the, when the, when it's really shifted, no one likes to create on LinkedIn. They have like, they're not comfortable. So it's, it's still to this day being around as long as it, it has been a place yeah. where you can get organic reach for things that you're posting if you're doing it the right way. Right. And I, and I do hope that there are more people that feel the courage to get out there and create because the business world is lacking so many perspectives, right? Whether we're talking about, look at all the things that are happening in the world right now, race, we're talking about public health, we have all these big issues and, and everybody has different experiences. And the only way that we learn and grow is to hear every perspective, right? And so I've talked to, there was one um, person, Chantal, who I love dearly. And she, before she was a creator, she actually entered a contest that I had hosted 
years ago when LinkedIn video first came out, we started this campaign called hashtag let's get honest, where we encourage people to get on camera and share a challenge or vulnerability that they've had to overcome in their career. And we thought that like maybe like one or two or five people might get on and share a video. And that campaign reached over 26 million users on the platform. And so the, the prize for um, submitting your story was, I can't remember, there was one other thing. And then we offered, it was like a one-on-one session with me to help people with their personal brand. And so the winner of that contest, Chantel, she was part of the differently abled community. And she talked about being a job seeker and having to check off the box of having a physical disability and how that her job chances. And I got a phone call with her. I'm like, there is no way that somebody that has not been in that position is going to understand that. And so you need to get out there. You have a duty to share that perspective with with people. And so I think, you know, how great would this world be, especially if you think of the people that have been in the business world for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, even if you're retired, get on LinkedIn and share a video about what you've learned because you're fast tracking somebody else's growth. It's, It's really super rewarding. Let's talk about that for a second. I mean, for a lot of people, they might understand, okay, I'm listening to you guys, like I'm hearing the platforms changing, but why should I be someone who's putting content on LinkedIn? What is the value of becoming someone who shares their voice, who shares information and content on a platform like this? What's the value of of using this platform? I mean, for me in the very beginning, it really was, and I think this is the most sustainable way to grow, is really being of service. And so when I started on the LinkedIn platform, my first article that went viral was how I landed my dream job in two weeks on LinkedIn. And that was not, there was no intentions of it going viral or people even really caring about it. I was just a job seeker and I had found a better strategy for doing things. And I wanted to share that strategy with other job seekers. And probably something that you've heard again and again and again is creators, especially those long-term creators, sharing content because they were missing something and they wish somebody else had told them that, or they wanted to help one other person and it ended up helping thousands or millions. And then you get hooked to that feeling of helping and impacting other people. And so I think beyond just the, the fun of impacting people and having that be super rewarding, there are lots of business reasons to be a creator. Number one, The reality is that we buy from people that we know, like, and trust. We know this, right? We are all emotional buyers. We cannot make decisions without emotions involved in it. So that is one major reason. And I think that there's so many people, especially in the business world, that lead with what they do and what they offer rather than taking a step back and saying, hey, this is who I am, right? I can't buy from you. I can't trust you if I don't know who you are. And so those little things like offline, you know, how we do like small talk and we all kind of complain about small talk. Like, why do we do this? Well, that's actually innate. That's a human tendency. It's kind of like, it's a really gross example, but like those monkeys that pick bugs off of each other, it's a concept called social grooming. And what you're doing is you're trying to figure out if the person that you're speaking to is safe and approachable, if it's somebody that you can work with that is safe to be around. And so the same thing is going to be true for LinkedIn. Now we're in a position, we're in the middle of a pandemic. You don't have those face-to-face conversations. So video is actually more essential right now than ever before, because now you need to replicate what you were doing offline and doing it online. And that usually is like the mindset shift that works for, especially like those old school business people that are used to going to the networking events and are, are like, ah, you know, social media, who cares about social media? 
just understanding that people need that in order to make a decision. You don't, you wouldn't go into an office and just put down your proposal, right? And just sit there and like fold your arms and wait for them to sign it. That would be crazy. And yet that's what people are doing on LinkedIn. They're, they're leading with, these are the awards that I've won. This is my experience. Hire me, buy from me. Hang on, I don't even know who you are, right? So just knowing, again, thinking of it as the world's largest networking event, just going out and shaking hands, introduce yourself. That's the easiest thing for people that are kind of like, okay, Michaela, I really like the idea of sharing video on LinkedIn, but I don't know what to do. Get on camera and introduce yourself. Like my first video, no joke, because I am very, like I'm a huge introvert. People don't know that I used to be agoraphobic. And to this day, when I speak on stage, I usually will break out in hives up to my earlobes. So my very first video on LinkedIn, hives all the way up. And I went, I was like, maybe I should change into a turtleneck so people can't see it. And then I thought about it. I'm like, I don't want people to have that perspective of me. I don't want to be perfect. I don't want for people to think that I'm not approachable and that I'm not a huge klutz like I am. And so I just got on camera and I pointed it out. I'm like, look, I have been putting off doing a video on LinkedIn. I've been writing content forever, but this is like a different level of vulnerability. I'm super nervous. I've got, you know, you can see all my um, nervous hives. My hair is a mess right now but I just wanted to get on here and say hello, right? Or I just wanted to do something that scares me because I really believe that this is how we grow. Share those lessons, right? Just point out the fact that you're nervous. And that's been a, that's been a strategy of mine as somebody, like as a creator and even as a speaker. I'll get on stage sometimes and I'm like, oh my God, there's so many of you. Why are there so many of you, right? Because it really puts people at ease. And all of a sudden, it's not this like I'm presenting and I'm speaking at you. I'm speaking to you. I love that. And when you were getting started and you were like saying, okay, this is important to me. I'm seeing the power of this tool or whatever it was that was going on in your head. What were some of the things for someone else that's getting started that, well, A, I'm kind of curious why, like what made you start to twist and be like, I I should pay more attention and do more of this. So I'm kind of curious what your why was or if it was like a slow shifting. And then I want to know like what you started to do different to get good at it. Yeah, I think it's always like a, I could say it and it would sound like an overnight kind of thing. But I think it's all these like really small steps. If we really look back, it really is these small steps that you take every day. But for me, my moment of transformation or my aha moment really came when I was laid off. I was laid off at 30 or 29 years old, 39 years old. I'm already like aging myself. (laughs) That's how old I feel right now, but that's not how old I am. So I was 29 years old. It was a month before my 30th birthday and was laid off from a startup that I was working at. And I looked around and I don't know about you, but I start to kind of imagine myself at the ages my parents were at. And I'm like thinking about my parents. I'm like, man, my mom, my dad were like, married, they had kids, they had the house, they both had stable careers. And like, I don't even have money to pay my bills. I had to like call my mom and ask for money to loan me money until my unemployment insurance kicked in. Like that's where I was at. And I'm like, I'm not any further ahead now than I was, you know, like a decade ago. Like I've got to have like, something has to shift here. I've got to do something differently. And I started thinking about it. And I was like, everybody's telling you to like, go out, send out a whole bunch of resumes, just live on Indeed and send out all these resumes and wait for opportunities. I'm like, that's bullshit, right? Like, because nothing has, for us, everything has changed, right? We're not competing with one or two other people. We're competing with a stack of resumes. So who does that 
that strategy work for? Well, it works for the people that are potentially hiring us, right? And it's a it's a two way re- relationship. When you work for a business and you are truly a great worker and you work hard, it's a relationship. And so I started thinking about that. I'm like, what if I use the same strategy as a marketer that I use at businesses, which is inbound marketing, where I share what the company is all about. I share valuable resources and I attract the right clients or customers to me. In this case, it was the right businesses. And so I started originally sharing content about social media and marketing. And then I shifted into sharing experiences that I was having as a job seeker. And that just like, that blew my mind because I was shocked that people I didn't know and I had never met were all of a sudden inviting me in for interviews, were like invested in my story, were like sending me messages being like, hey, did you interview anywhere else today? And so that was my first aha moment where I'm like, something's weird here because everyone's telling me that community is dead. People don't care about each other like they used to. And what I'm noticing is that that community is not dead. It just looks a little bit different than it used to. And so that was huge for me. And then when my first article went viral, that was my second aha moment because I'm like, this thing took me like half an hour. It's probably the least amount of time that I've ever spent on any sort of content that I've ever created. And I went from like a few hundred to 13,000 connections in a week. Like it was massive. Like my analytics wouldn't work on LinkedIn for a week, an entire week. I couldn't open it, just kept shutting down. And so I looked at that. I'm like, why? What was it about this thing that made people feel compelled to connect? Not just read it, but connect with me. And what it turns out is that it was helpful. It was relatable and it was conversational. And so that, that as a marketer was my second, like, there's something missing here. And then I started doing research and this is, well, blew my mind, might not blow yours, but I looked at the research and everyone is still telling me there's a personal self and the professional self. And you don't, you don't share your personality in your personal brand on LinkedIn. And I look at the research of what people were consuming in terms of articles. And number three on that list was self-esteem. So I'm like, we're so full of it. Like we're so full of it. We're saying one thing, but we're consuming very differently, right? And so I was like, okay, well, let me just try to share these conversations that nobody else is talking about. And that just really resonated with people. Yeah, I, I re- I, that definitely resonates with me too. And I, I think we lived through a lot of the beginning of that shift of having to separate your work life from your personal life yeah. because of what social media like it almost became impossible to hide those things that were, you know, what you were doing with your friends versus what's what's happening at work. And then we also lived through the part of like people having to say, well, if I want to be more than just a resume, what can I do to put myself out there to demonstrate through the things I'm doing outside of work, whether it's creating content or writing articles or doing interviews, whatever the thing is to make myself stand out so that I'm not just a commodity. I'm not just replaceable. I think we've got to live through that and witness that which is why I think what you're doing on LinkedIn is huge. And I love that you, you're you here helping and teaching other people how to do it as so well. Fun. And what I'd like to do is before, I want to get some actual, like some of the tips. So they're like, yeah, I can yeah, use let's do it. this step, that step, that step. But before that, if they're like, I'm intrigued, I want to know more about her. How do people find you like the easiest? Ooh, the easiest way is, I mean, probably by email, honestly. I love my email inbox. Uh, it's just Michaela at Michaela LinkedIn. I know it's real cheesy, but I got to, you know, branding, right? Brands on brands on brands. <laughs> exactly. You got to do it. <laughs> And then I've got my website, which is mickalexis.com. And then I'm always hanging out on LinkedIn and I'm super approachable. So please feel free to connect. 
Awesome. Yeah. Check that out. There's definitely some workshops. I went and perused it myself that you can sign up for okay. workshops when they're back on. You know, she has her first LinkedIn learning course that's on her on her LinkedIn that teaches about LinkedIn pages. There's a lot of actual useful things. If you're like, I need to get from A to B, things that you can sign up for. But let's maybe take some of those, like reveal behind the curtains a little bit. Yeah. Like, what are some things that like you've been like when you teach these couple of things? People are like, oh, I never thought of that. Or, you know, this is something that could help me like right now uh, with using the LinkedIn platform. Yeah. I mean, probably the biggest area of growth for most people, it sounds boring, but it's your LinkedIn profile, right? To me, it's kind of like, we like to get to the sexy stuff. We're like, how do I do videos? When do I put it out? What editing tool do you use? I'm like, hang on a sec. Right. Because if you're going out and you're creating great content, it's not going to matter if you go back to like your social media home, which is your LinkedIn profile, and it's not connecting with the person. And so building a really strong, solid foundation is super important. And I always tell clients, are you, I ask them, are you converting on your LinkedIn profile? If the answer is no, then that's where we're going to start. Like, unless you're telling me that you have a steady stream of opportunities coming in through your LinkedIn profile, we're starting there. So I think that that's probably the biggest area. There's lots of ways that you can optimize your LinkedIn profile to attract the right audience and the right people and the right opportunities. Number one is just being really clear about who you are and who you serve. And I think that's where most people fall down. You know, using things like your background image, your profile photo, using your headline. A lot of people have their headline just set to where they work rather than who they are and who they help right? Because it's all about impact. We like to think about, well, it's my profile. It's like, no, it's not a journal. This isn't yours. It doesn't actually belong to you unless you don't want leads or opportunities. If you don't want leads and opportunities, just ignore everything that I'm saying. But if you do, you need to remember that we are all very, very self-centered. So someone's going to visit your profile. And the first thing, actually, the only thing they're going to ask is, is this somebody that I should connect with? And or is this somebody that I can work with or should buy from? They're trying to figure out basically what is in it for them. And so if it is somebody that you want to work with or you want to buy from you, you need to be crystal clear about that. And so with my clients, we get down to like, like real deep. We'll say, I serve Canadian clients like this. And it's like the XYZ formula. So I help X do slash understand Y so that they can Z and that's the benefits of what you offer. So that's super important. Visually, you want to show what you're doing. So if you look at my background image, just to give you an example, I think one of my photos is like me with like a LinkedIn coffee mug. So that's signifying I offer LinkedIn training. And then the other one is me on stage. So it shows that I'm a speaker. We've got to make it stupid simple for people. I like to imagine people on LinkedIn, they've got like their coffee in one hand. They're like, they're on the LinkedIn app on the other hand, they're on their way to the next meeting or their next Zoom call. And so in a split second, you have to give them the information that they need in order to make the decision of whether or not to, to reach out to you or take that next step with you. And so doing things like being like, like it feels silly, right? As marketers, it feels silly to be like, oh, I'm a speaker. So I'm just going to write that I'm a speaker. No, show that you're a speaker. Share recommendations and quotes from audience members. Share that you're a speaker 10, 20, 30 times throughout your, your profile. Just make it crystal clear who you're speaking to. And I actually break it down. I actually put like what I offer for my services for event planners, what I offer for individuals, what I offer for businesses. So my formula for summaries is always who you are, 
why you do what you do, because you've got to make that emotional connection with the person, what you offer, so your services, or if you're a job seeker, it could be your skills, and then how to get in touch. That's a big one. Adding a call to action at the end, what do you want that person to do? Right. Remember, again, that LinkedIn started as a digital Rolodex. And especially if you're working with a, a clientele that's a little bit older or comes from that space where they were going to networking events, in-person networking events, and they're not used to social media, they are not going to connect with people that they don't know. In fact, marketers and salespeople tend to be the only weirdos that do that, right? <laughs> we're like, we're open books. We'll connect with everybody. But if they're not in that space, they might not do that. So you need to be really, really clear that you are open to connecting with people that you haven't met in person. Send me a private message on LinkedIn. That's all you have to put. So adding these little things are really, really helpful. And we talked about earlier, trying to find ways to create that personal touch with the person that visits. So adding in a video version of your summary has been really, really effective for my business. And I actually have a landing page for it. So you click on the link. It's a five-minute video. I walk through who I am, why I do what I do, my story, who I can help. And then at the bottom of the video, it asks, okay, what do you want to do next? And then it has one offer. So it's like, you can take my uh, three-hour course for free. You can send me a private message on LinkedIn. It's going to bring you back to my profile. Or you can book a 15-minute call with me and we can jump on a Zoom call together. And that's great, right? Because I'm creating that human touch with people. So looking for those opportunities to kind of sprinkle your personality, that's going to be the difference between you and however many people that are in the same field. Yeah. And let's let's take a, a moment there because I want to get into that, the idea of, you know, there's you're you are like amongst the faceless masses, like one of everyone yeah. else, and you're trying yeah. to be different than that. I want to dive into that, but you said something that, that kind of that stood out to me. And I want to kind of dial back for a second to, to get into it. It's this idea that it's the simple things. And I think a lot of us don't, like we want to get to the complicated stuff really quick. But if you look at anything, and this is from a marketing perspective, if you look at anything that actually works, it's always that like the, the very simple couple of things at the beginning that like the rest won't work if you haven't done it. And it's like, if you write an email, if you haven't figured out the header of the email, like the subject line, if you haven't figured out those seven words, yeah. no one's going to open it. Or if you haven't right. figured out on a YouTube video, like what that thumbnail is going to look like to get people to want to click it to go into the video, it doesn't even matter what is in the video because you're not going to get past the front door. So some of these things like the profile, you say they're simple, but I think they need to be hammered home to people because they're worried about everything else, but not the thing that's going to get people into the room. Right. I think, well, most of us go out with the assumption that people care about us enough that they're going to read through our profile. I don't. I don't believe I'm that important, right? And so I, again, imagine that person on their coffee break. They've got their phone the other hand. They're literally just clicking on my profile. They're probably going to click off. They're probably not going to scroll down, right? So I have to, in one second, just by looking without scrolling down, do they know who I am, who I can serve, and how I can serve them? If the answer is no, then there's work to do there. And actually, you know, sometimes, especially as marketers, we overcomplicate, we love to overcomplicate things because it makes us feel kind of good. It's kind of an ego move, right? To be like, well, my job is not that simple or whatever. Get over that because marketing really what it's all about, effective marketing, just basically answering the question, what does my prospect need to know in order to make the decision to work with me or buy from me? Just asking myself just that has been such a game changer for my business because now all of a sudden, all of my content is just to address those questions. And you know what has happened since then? 
my calls went from me picking up the phone, people being like, yeah, um, I've been following you for a really long time. So what kind of services are you offering now? And getting into those conversations about the nitty gritty, trying to figure out if we're the right match, all of those things. Now I get on a call with somebody, it's about availability, pricing, that's it. And that's where you want to be as a marketer. You don't want to be spending all of your time on the phone because people aren't really sure. And guess what? Those are the people that are brave that are connecting with you. Most people that aren't really sure, you know what they're doing? They're going to the next profile because they're not going to reach out to people unless they know for sure. Yeah. Right? So I like to think of it as like, how can I pre-qualify my audience? Perfect. Perfect. And to be someone that stands out, that is not just scrolled past, to be someone that's that's a little bit more, especially in these days where your job is, you know, if you are someone who's working for someone else, it's possible that there's someone else out there that's ready to take your job and, you know, for the same price or less. It's nice to feel like, to think that we are special and that we are irreplaceable, but most of us aren't, especially if you're working for someone else. So in that world, Let's talk about how do you either create job security for yourself or if you're ready to switch because you're like, you see, like, I'm tired of working for someone else because I'll never have security in that space. Uh, how do you pivot? Like, what are some of these ideas that you have around these concepts of, of building your personal brand and protecting yourself? Well, first things first, I mean, I think everybody's special. <laughs> I really do because I have learned as a marketer, especially on LinkedIn, that really and truly the one superpower that everybody has is your story. That is like the one game changer on your profile. It's those things that nobody else can replace. And that's why when I talk about that formula for your summary, why sharing why I do what I do is the most important part, right? In fact, if you notice on my summary, I share my story. My story is kind of ridiculous. I talk about how I wanted to be the tooth fairy when I was younger And then I got really upset because I realized that it wasn't a real job. So then I became the next best thing, which is creating content and teaching people the magic of LinkedIn. And I also get to wear glittery costumes on stage. So like win-win for everybody. That's a bit of a jump, but I I love the storytelling. (laughs) (laughs) But those stories are important, right? Because even those little things, they give people insight into who we are. And we love to know that we almost like those like career stories that people tell the fairy tales where it's like, it was meant to be. I always use the example of like, you're having brain surgery and you have two doctors uh, and you have one question and it's why do you do what you do? And you have to choose one of the doctors. You know, if you ask one doctor and they said, you know, when I was younger, I had pneumonia and I went to the hospital and I was there for weeks and I was so overwhelmed with the care that I got that I wanted to dedicate my life to taking care of other people. And then you ask the other person, they're like, I just really wanted a yacht. I mean, who who would you want performing brain surgery? And yes, not all of us are doing brain surgery. I, I understand that. But it's this idea of building a connection with your audience. And so I think that whether you are working at a place and you're good where you are, you're thinking about pivoting, or you're ready to like go full force and start building a personal brand, it really starts at your story. And for a lot of us, it's like, okay, And then you think about it, it's the hardest part because so many of us are going around every single day and we're just kind of like barreling through life. And what this requires you to do is take a step back and start putting the pieces of your career together and connecting the dots. How did I get to where I am? 
when did this happen? Why did this happen? Because I hear a lot of clients and their original answer is, well, you know, like security, they'll say um, money, they'll say all of these things. And I'm like, that's not an answer because there are lots of things that you can do for money. But why is it this one thing? Right. And usually there, there is some why that drives people and people need to know what that is. So sharing that, like I mentioned, finding those personal touches of video, I really like to put in a gift and I've never seen anybody else do that on their LinkedIn summary. So I share my story and then you'll notice underneath my story, I say, slow that scroll. Um, I want to give you a gift and it's free access is a real gift. It's a three hour course that I offer for free. And that generates between 10 to 20 leads for me per day. Why do I do that? Two reasons. Number one, I like to think of like, I'm opening the door. And that's like that about section is me opening the door, shaking the person's hand, I'm introducing myself. I was like, well, if I had a prospect that came to my office, what would I do? I would probably offer them tea, coffee, water, right? I'm like, what's the digital equivalent of that? Finding some sort of gift, whether it's getting on a phone call and sharing your expertise inviting people to a free webinar series, but make it a real gift, not like 15% off something. That's not a gift, right? (laughs) And then it also activates reciprocity, meaning that, you know, when you give something to somebody, they feel inclined to give something back in return. And so that from a marketing perspective is really brilliant because then when you talk about your services or your skills and what you offer, then people are going to be more inclined to reach out to you. Yeah, no, exactly. I I love that. The, uh, The idea that you, what you put out there, is like people's first experience with you. And at the end of the day, if you want to stand out and you have to realize that the relationship you have with your potential customer or even your next potential employer might start before the resume or beyond the resume or before, you know, whatever the, like everyone looks the same on paper. You're like, okay, I expect everyone that applies to be qualified to begin with. But beyond that, how do you stand out? You know, what have you created that shows that you have a passion or you're someone that I want to work with or whatever the thing is that's going to say, I really like to consider that person because they just, they seem like the kind of person I want to work with or whatever the thing is, or I want to hire. And there's this relationship that starts beyond the like resume that you built for yourself. So the you know, it's funny because I, I didn't even think about this, but it just sparked kind of like my brain when you said that, you know, if everybody is qualified for a job, then why do we have job interviews, right? Part of it, yes, absolutely, is to kind of ask a little bit more about experiences, that sort of thing. But a big part of it is to figure out if the culture is a fit, right? And so a really good test of whether or not you have a strong, um, well-communicated personal brand is to try and land a client or land a job without having those interview culture questions. Right. My last, the last job I ever worked, I did go in for an interview, but I will tell you that they were already ready to offer me the job and they had already done my, they looked through my recommendations, contacted those people. I don't know how um, ethical this is, but that's fine because I love the job. And they reached out to those people that had left me recommendations. So by the time I had come in, we were just kind of hanging out. And that is where you should want to be. Like you should be addressing these are the things, not just these are my qualifications, but these are the things that matter to me. This is what's important to me. These are my values, right? We talk a lot about corporate values and we really want to, you'll notice if you have a website and you work for a business or you have a business, one of the most popular pages is the about us section, right? We want to see the people that work at the organization and we want to know what the company is all about, their their mission, their values, all those things. 
Well, we need to start thinking about that for ourselves as personal brands. Are we clearly communicating our values, our mission with other people and businesses that we plan to work for? I love that because if you, if they're not already excited about you before the point of contact, then you're spending all your time trying to convince them to be excited about you. Yeah. And that's not, you know, that's, I've been there as a job seeker where you feel, and that's part of, that's, that's a culture issue too, where I know that I was raised with this idea of you just need to find a job and you should be happy for whatever job you find. And now things are shifting, right? You can work for yourself. There are more options. There's the gig economy where you can be an Uber driver and then you can be an artist by day. You have choices now. And I think so understanding that you have choices and there's a relationship there is really, really important rather than just taking whatever comes your way. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that's a great place to leave people wanting more to, you know, if you want to figure out how to do that, how to get people excited before they make that point of contact with you, excited about what you have to offer because you've set your profile up the right way. You've created content. You've put yourself out there using your authentic voice in a way that connects with them and brings them to you. If you want to learn these kinds of things, I'd recommend you get out there, you connect with Michaela, you see what she has to offer, go to mickalexis.com and all the other places that we've listed in the show notes that we've talked about on the show to connect with her. And from my audience and from me to you, thank you for coming on today. Oh, thank you so much. My coffee's wearing off, so it's a good time to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I know how you feel. Uh, and that's it. And we appreciate you guys listening every week and uh, I'll catch you next time. Cheers. You've just taken your marketing knowledge to another level with this episode of Brands on Brands on Brands. But we have plenty more ways to not just help you build a business, but build a brand. Head over to brandandbrands.com for more resources, as well as access to our blogs, videos, and exclusive coaching sessions with your host. Be sure to visit brandandbrands.com.